In the New Testament, there are three different words that carry with it the idea of patience. The fact that God uses three different words to describe this quality, and the fact that this trait is also listed in the Christian graces that Peter describes in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, indicates that this is an important quality. And it seems to suggest that this is a trait that a lot of people struggle with as they go through life. Certainly when we think about patience, if you look at the world, a lot of the people out there in the secular world have made up a lot of uh, sayings about patience. Patience has been called the greatest of all virtues. Edmund Burke said, our patience will achieve more than force. Another said, there are two cardinal sins from which all others spring, impatience and laziness. Margaret Thatcher is credited with saying, I am extraordinarily patient provided I get my own way in the end. The Bible could say a lot about patience and then just kind of move on uh, to discuss some other things, but that's not what we find when we look at the scriptures. This subject is discussed at length and sometimes even illustrated. One of the illustrations that we have for patience is God. I want to start as far as reading information uh, this evening with the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 34. When you look at Exodus 34, you have a time that is still fairly recent in the uh, history of Israel. In Exodus 33, this is the place, of course, where God said that Moses was going to be able to see his glory. In Exodus 34, verse 6, we find that God was uh, going to pass by Moses, and that is what happened. Again, if you found Exodus 34, let's start with the information in verse 6. And Jehovah passed by before him and proclaimed, Jehovah, Jehovah a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. God said to Moses, I want you to know that I am slow to anger. Stated another way, God was saying, I am patient with people. Now, when we think about patience in our lives, we often think of it in very limited or very restricted terms. When we're patient with people, often that means that we are patient with a certain group of people, a select number of people, but when it comes to patience overall, we may not do as well with others as we do with some. In other words, if we're dealing with our mate, if we're dealing with our children, if we're dealing with our parents, someone who is close or dear to us, that's one thing. But if we're dealing with Joe Public, that may be another thing when it comes to patience. Our level of patience is sometimes very small, but that's not what we find when we look at God. Sticking with Exodus 34, let's now look at verse 7. Keeping loving kindness, notice this, for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the iniquity. And then he continues on with some other things. God behaves in a way that's kind, a way that's patient, and he does that for thousands of people. Well, that word certainly would have made sense to the people of Israel, but when you look at the population of the world now, and I didn't check it prior to uh, tonight, but we could just as easily say God is patient towards millions of people today. It's one thing to say that God is patient towards me and you and maybe a dozen other people. But imagine, if you will, try to get your minds around the fact that here in Exodus 34, God is long-suffering. He is patient towards an entire world of sinners. That is a magnificent point. God is not only patient, but the Bible teaches that God is patient. He is long-suffering with people who really do some things that irritate him. As we go through lives, people, our lives, people can do some things to us that, uh, yeah, it's a little irritating, it's somewhat annoying, but we're not all that bothered by it. But what about the cases in life, and most of us have had this experience at least a few times, what about the cases in life where there are people who not only annoy us a little, but they annoy us a lot? And not only do they maybe annoy us a lot, it seems like their annoyance is non-stop. 
These are the kinds of people that try our patience day in and day out. Here is the kind of person that knows how to push our buttons and they just keep pushing. They just don't quit. We hope that tomorrow, the next day is going to be different, but they try to push the buttons even more. It does not take long before many people grow impatient. Exodus 34 says God is not like that. We often use 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 19 through 21 to talk about baptism. And those verses are, are useful, especially verses 20 and 21 when we uh, look at this particular topic. But in these same verses, there is an important point made about patience. The Bible says that God was long-suffering. God was patient in the days in the time of Noah. Well, that's instructive if we understand what it was like in Noah's time. What was life like back in Noah's day? Well, you have the general information in 1 Peter 3, but if you turn back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 6-5 tells us that there was wickedness on the earth. Not only was there evil, the Bible says in Genesis 6-5 that this evil was great. God's word says that evil was continuously uh, in the hearts of mankind. Things were so bad that we may remember from Genesis 6 verse 7 that God says the world needs to be destroyed. Man, for the most part, was going to be wiped out and was wiped out by the flood. It's also in Genesis 6 verse 3 that we learn that God said, I'm going to be patient for a little while. I'm going to be patient for 120 years and then this great devastation is going to come. Now that's interesting, especially as we compare it to ourselves because in our lives, you know, we might struggle to be patient for five minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. Maybe we've struggled to be patient for an entire day. Or maybe we tried to be patient for a week or a month or six months or maybe a year. I can remember a time where I had a supervisor at work who tried my patience for about two years. About 80 other people were in the place. They uh, had their patience tried too, but I worked directly for this fellow. I was the only one to do that. And they just said, how can you uh, be patient with this guy? And I'll be the first to admit, especially thinking back to that time, uh, that there are people in life that can really try our patience. Our patience might be tried in a work situation, or our patience might be put to the test in the home. Maybe it's being put to the test with a mate or with our children. Maybe there's a project that we're working on, and that particular project tests our patience. The Bible shows us by God, Exodus 34, verse 6, verse 7, as well as Genesis 6, 1 Peter 3, that God knows what it's like to be patient. God's waited for more than a hundred years giving people time to repent even now as we sit here tonight God is still patient with people waiting for them to change their ways and these are not the only passages that make this point in Romans 2 verse 4 Paul said that God forbears God's long-suffering and he gives a reason he waits so people can change God's example to us gives us some encouragement to try to be more patient with people as well as things in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 10, John speaks about two things. He talks about patience and the faith of the saints. It's very easy to want some parts, some aspects of the Christian life. We can say, well, hey, that faith part, that's great. We want that. And there are some things as far as love that are good. And we want those things. Give me that as well. But when it comes to the other qualities, we may think, well, I'm not particularly enthused about that exact trait. Well, God has put patience on the list of qualities that he wants for his people. So we need that faith and we need that love and all those other things. But are we striving to be patient? Do we really try to suffer long with others? If we look at some of the great characters in the Bible, some of the people that really stand out, 
They've got a lot of qualities um, in common with one another, but one of those traits, one of those qualities is patience. Think about Isaac. You know, we don't talk about him too often, but there is some important information about Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. And I'm also going, uh, I've turned back there um, to look at some of the verses in this chapter as well. In Genesis 26, God told Isaac, I do not want you to go into the land of Egypt. God told Isaac, you go where I'm telling you to go, and everything is going to be okay. God said, if you obey me, I'm going to fulfill all of the promises that I made to Abraham. Well, Isaac is headed in the right direction. He begins to um, you know, do God's will, and he starts to prosper. The people who were able to look at Isaac were also noticing how well he was doing. Let's start with Genesis 26, verse 12, and read down through verse 14. And Isaac sowed in that land, and found in the same year a hundredfold. And Jehovah blessed him, 13. And the man that would be Isaac waxed great, and grew more and more until he became very great. And he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great household. And then notice this. And the Philistines envied him. Well, when people start to envy you, things are probably not going to go all that swell. And that's what happened in Isaac's life. Here are some people, the Philistines, they not only envy Isaac, but they decide that they are going to interfere with some of his prosperity. And one of the things that they do uh, is found in verse 15. Now all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth. Now the significance of that might be um, demonstrated for us when we think about our water supply today. There are some here who either are in a well now or maybe you've uh, had well water in the past. Suppose that somebody comes out and ruins your well. That's your water supply and somebody comes out and, and, and destroys it. They shut off your water in such a way or they damage the well so that you lose your drinking water, you lose your bathing water, you can't wash your clothes. The water supply is gone. Now for us, you know, we could probably call out a well uh, digging company and, and uh, in a few days have the problem rectified. That was not how things worked in this culture. Were somebody to come along today and destroy our well, I think we'd probably be upset. That would try our patience, we would say. That uh, really does not make me happy. But as you look at Isaac, this was not an isolated case, looking at the information from verse 19 down through verse 22. And Isaac's servants digged a well in the valley and found there a well springing of water. Well, okay, you know, we lost uh, some, but let's go ahead and, and fix it this way. Well, that didn't work either. The herdsmen of uh, Gear strove with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, this water's ours. They dug a well, and people took it. Looking then at the information in verse 21, and they digged another well. And they strove for that also. And then verse 22. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that they strove not. Wow. Can you imagine the patience that was involved, especially as you think um, about what was required to get a well up and running in this day and time with the tools and the technologies uh, that they had? This would have been hard, hard work. Imagine digging a series of wells and people saying, well, that's ours. You put that on a piece of property that belongs to us. Thank you very much. Now you can go down the road and dig another one. I think that would try the patience of most of the folks in this room. Patience was required to resolve the water problem. Usually we're called on to have patience when we least want to exercise that quality. Think of another Bible character, Job. Here's a man, he lost his children. He lost a ton of livestock. He lost servants, one right after another. In a rapid series of events, this man's life just seemed to fall apart. 
And yet, even though there was one catastrophe after another, what do we find in Job's life? He was a man who was patient. Job 1 verse 2 says that he was patient. He did not charge God foolishly. Now we know, we agree that there were some times, some occasions later in the book where he did get frustrated. And his level of patience was really tried and, and he was not always as patient as he could have been. But for the most part, he was a very patient individual. When we look at great Bible characters, we find people who really tried to be patient. These are not the only two. We have some specific examples like Job, like Isaac, but there are also some general examples. In the book of James, chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says the prophets, plural, were also long-suffering. They were patient. And patience was required for these men. Many of the prophets lived among people who were disobedient and rebellious. That's why God sent prophets to them. They uh, needed preachers to help them get back on the right track. And yet as these preachers, as these prophets tried to proclaim God's message, there were some people in the land of Israel that said, we don't want to hear your sermons. We don't want to have you preach. We want to hear somebody else preach, somebody that will preach smooth tidings to us. But these men remain patient in their work. Patience was also required from the perspective that these men sometimes predicted things that did not take place in their lifetime. Isaiah, for example, looked forward 700 years in advance. He was patient, and yet he had to die in faith because many of God's promises were still in the future. The prophets also had to be patient with things like captivity. God's people were taken into captivity, and some of the prophets had to be patient during that time. They had to be willing to wait for the right time to come so God's word could be fulfilled. Those things are absolutely contrary to much of what we find in our society. We have expressions like ASAP, or people may say to us, I wanted this yesterday. We can behave in these same ways uh, as we're around others and even act in this way towards God. Many times as we look at our world, our society treats patience as a sign of weakness. But God treats patience as a virtue. As individuals, we want to be people who learn to be as patient as possible. It's an important quality. It's a basic quality. But it's often a quality that people do not possess or they do not possess to a great degree. We not only can be patient as individuals, the Bible teaches that we can be patient as a congregation. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul said, he talked to others about the patience that was in the congregation at Thessalonica. This group of people, the congregation, the church there, was a patient group of folks. Today we think about congregations in many different ways, typical ways. We say, well, this is a large congregation, or this is a small congregation, this is a friendly congregation. They're not friendly over there, or they're liberal, they're conservative, they're good givers, they're poor givers. A lot of those descriptions. It's certainly true that congregations can be known for many things. But sometimes they can be known for some things that maybe we don't think about all that often. Congregation might be known for its works, or maybe the lack thereof. Congregation might be known as a group of people who have faith, or maybe a faithless group of people. But a congregation, the Bible says, can also be known as a group of people who are patient. If you were to look at Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, you would find that not only the congregation at Thessalonica was a patient group, but in Revelation 2, verses 1 through 3, John says the congregation at Ephesus was a patient group of people. The Christians at Thyatira, Revelation 2, verse 19, were also known for their patience. Now, some of those Christians at Thyatira were too patient. Revelation 2, verse 20 indicates that they were willing to uh, let some false, false teachers um, you know, do some things that, that should not have been done. And that certainly was going too far. Patience does not mean that we accept things that are contrary to God's will. But it does mean 
that we strive to be as patient, as enduring, as tolerant with others as possible. People have pointed out that a lot of church problems would never be church problems if people would demonstrate some of the basic qualities of Christianity. One of those basic qualities is patience. Think of how many problems, think of how many issues would never become issues or problems if people were simply a little bit more patient one with another. This morning, if you were here, we pointed out um, some information based on John 19, verses 28 and 29 uh, that was applied in a way where we want to consider how we've lived in 2009 and how we want to live in 2010. Tonight's material can also be related to this same point. As we look back over the preceding year, 2009, it's almost gone. How patient have we been? How patient have we been with those in our family? How patient have we been with fellow members of the church? How patient have we been with people at work? How patient have we been with those that we do not know? We just meet in society. Well, maybe we've not done all that well. How patient do we tend to be in 2010? The answer really comes down to our commitment to Christ. We want to do what's right. We believe that you're here tonight because that is your desire. You want to live as a Christian. And that process, of course, begins by becoming a child of God. If we have faith, that's great. But the Bible says faith alone will not save. The Bible says that we have to repent. Part of repentance deals with patience. When people are not patient, when they're impatient, that's the wrong direction. And when people repent, they say, we're going to try to live a more patient life, amongst other things. They're going to confess that Christ, the master of patience, is going to be the Lord of their life. And then the Bible offers them the opportunity to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. One of those sins that's forgiven would be a lack of patience. The Bible says that that's wrong. And yet the Bible offers um, forgiveness for that sin. People can have that forgiveness by becoming a Christian. If people fail to exercise patience as a child of God, forgiveness is also available by, at that point, repenting and turning to God and seeking forgiveness. Patience. Not the only thing that we need, but it certainly is one of the qualities that God's uh, word tells us to have. Tonight, if we can help you in that area, if we can help you become a Christian, or if we can strengthen you in some other way, and you'd like to make that known to the people who are here, will you let us know about that need as we stand and sing the selected song? to give it has no new nor pure delight 
Oh, try the light that Christians live. Be saved all tonight. Oh, why not tonight? Oh, why not tonight? Will thou be saved? Then why not tonight? Our blessed Lord refuses none who would to him their souls unite. Believe, obey, the work is done. Be saved, oh, tonight. Oh, why not tonight? Oh, why not tonight? Will thou be saved? Then why not tonight? Be saved, please. If you haven't had an opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, you can come to the front and be served at this time. We spoke this morning about how Jesus' blood paid a debt for mankind's sin and that that blood being red kind of sets you in mind of you know being in debt here on the earth you you're in the red when you owe some money and, and we know what that's that can be like but the debt that Jesus paid is more important than the earthly debt and we we come together every week to rem remember the sacrifice that Christ he went to the cross the love that God showed by sending his son to do those things. We remember that each and every week with the bread, which represents his body, the fruit of the vine, which represents his saving blood. So let's go to God prayer at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity we've had to gather here. Be with Sister Anne as she partakes of the bread that she will make, do so in a worthy manner. Yes, in Jesus' name. So I want to ask for your blessing on this fruit of the vine, and we want to thank you for it. And I please be with our sister; she partakes of it. It can be useful in memory, as you've asked of us. Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. anyone wishing to give the bowl uh, will be left up here okay we will have a visitation meeting uh, after our closing prayer tonight 
387, we'll sing before that prayer. Uh, let's stand together. We'll sing the first and third verses. 387. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was a flood of light. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to His name. O precious fountain that saves from sin, I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood of life. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this beautiful Lord's Day you've given us today. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for everybody that's here tonight. Be with the ones, Heavenly Father, that aren't here. If they be sick, Heavenly Father, bring them back to speedy recovery. If they be traveling, bring them back safely to us. Heavenly Father, let's take the words that were brought to us today from thy word, our lessons, and put them in our hearts and our minds and live them until we meet again. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be the ones that are on foreign lands overseas, our loved ones, bring back safely to us. Be with, the one, be with the elders of this congregation, Heavenly Father, and have them lead us in a well-pleasing to sight. Forgive us of sins, Heavenly Father, we know we do commit. Be with us till we meet again. In Christ's blessed name, amen.
Oh, God. 